0: Are you enjoying The Junebug? Did you know that The Junebug Project is much more than this podcast? As we explore new stories each season, The Junebug website will work in tandem with the podcast to roll out new tutorials and services that aim at broadening our audience's education and awareness based on the narratives we are exploring. Following today's bonus episode, you will find there is a new page on thejunebug.org that focuses on the lessons we are going to discuss here. If you enjoy this project and want to see it continue, please consider becoming a benefactor or a sponsor of the Junebug Project. Your contributions will help to expand the reach of the Junebug and touch more lives. For more information, visit www.thejunebug.org backslash support. I Am Bo Ellis Breedlove, and this is the June Bug. Welcome to the first bonus episode of the June Bug. During this episode, we will be stepping outside the narrative story of Caroline's increasing struggles with dementia and taking a broader look at the challenges she and her family are facing. The story we have been exploring in Season 1 is based on a true story. Many of the details, including names and places, have been fictionalized to ensure anonymity But I ask you to keep this in mind. The fundamental elements of the story were someone's real-life experience. When I first reviewed Caroline's story, I studied the experiences the Aubrey family endured in the last decades of her life. During that process, it became clear that there were some key moments when mistakes were made. Mistakes that rippled through the years and negatively impacted Caroline's prognosis. The decade leading up to Caroline's death was one marred by interfamily conflict, contentious debates about caregiving, infighting over family assets or financial decisions, and outrageous conspiracies surrounding pivotal family events. We have only just begun to glimpse this aspect of the story. More will be revealed in forthcoming episodes. But I felt it was important to take this moment to explore these mistakes so that we can begin to view this story more objectively. Through turbulent and tumultuous years, the trauma at the epicenter of the Aubrey family's challenges raged on. Caroline's Progressive Demise to Dementia Dementia is a uniquely cruel and indomitable foe. It is a plague taking innumerable lives each year, and I use the term innumerable deliberately. Because the commonly held medical belief is that dementia itself is neither a disease nor an attributable cause of death. I fervently disagree with both these assertions because so little is actually known about dementia. Therefore, I refer to dementia as a disease Dementia itself, though, is just an umbrella term for a myriad of disorders resulting in cognitive decline. It is a large rug under which is swept a multitude of misunderstood, undiagnosable brain disorders. From what we can discern from Caroline's medical history and mental state in the final years of her life, We believe she likely suffered from dementia as a result of prolonged opioid usage. The inhumanity of this disease and the lack of treatment resulted in an indescribably painful, progressive stripping away of the woman many once knew and loved. At first, Caroline was simply forgetful, something easily excused and brushed off. Then she became confused, a symptom that was frequently bundled with other physical changes brought on by her advancing age. Eventually, though, her confusion led to anger, frustration, and erratic outbursts. Hurtful words and cruel actions that disbanded critical support networks when she most needed them. Over the duration of this decline, the family made a litany of mistakes and exercised poor judgment. Like many families in this situation, the Aubreys fumbled blindly through unfamiliar territory struggling to discern between what Caroline needed, what Caroline wanted, and what was right. Mrs. Aubrey suffered a piecemeal demise. Fragments of her memories, independence, cognition, and ultimately her life itself were stolen away by an invisible foe. Meanwhile, Her family watched from the sidelines, helpless to lessen her suffering. Throughout this experience, five specific issues kept resurfacing. I have come to call them the five fatal flaws of dementia care. Now, certainly there are many more, but specific to Caroline's story, these were the most egregious, the five fatal flaws, denial, enabling, blaming, abusing, and abandoning. Let's start with denial. Denial comes in many forms, and certainly did over the last decades of Caroline's life her own denial, but also denial from those around her. Most notably, it was spawned from the shared desire to avoid acknowledging that Caroline suffered from a disease. Caroline exercised denial frequently in the early years of her cognitive decline. She blamed her incidents on a myriad of external forces, Though symptoms were becoming increasingly obvious, even those around her chose to overlook the glaring issues in favor of bolstering Caroline's denial. Reluctant to accept and adapt to these decreasing cognitive abilities, family members grew irritated when Caroline could not accurately recall events, construct coherent conversations, or even when she began to neglect personal hygiene. Now, many of these symptoms and behaviors have yet to appear in the podcast. They're in forthcoming episodes. One recent example of this denial and avoidance of conflict could be the incessant humming Caroline began to develop or the extensive collections of notes and reminders she amassed around the house. Instead of family members probing the reasons behind this odd behavior, it was more commonly disregarded as just a nuisance or an annoyance. Denial was a behavior that culminated in lost time, when that time could have been focused on the prognosis and her needs. Instead, family focused on insulating themselves from an increasingly difficult reality. Had Vincent or other family members close to Caroline raised the concern about her excessive note-taking or incessant humming, it could have created an earlier opportunity to have the discussion about seeking medical intervention. Had the family done so, Caroline's diagnosis could have taken place years earlier, and could have changed the course of her life. But at the time, it was too difficult to see that reality, and the signs, though accumulating quickly, seemed insignificant. Enabling. This mistake was often made from a place of love and hope. Enabling was something done frequently in the early years of Caroline's disease when the warning signs were first becoming noticeable. Family members would dismiss warnings that they knew might be something more serious. Often, Caroline would argue against seeking professional help or sharing her symptoms with her physician, terms that the family members accepted without challenge. These missteps resulted in the loss of valuable time early in the disease's progression. As Caroline declines further, her ability to think critically and make proper decisions for her own well-being waned. Even so, those around her often relented to her demands, knowing full well that they would lead to her harm or endanger her safety they chose to enable her poor decision-making to avoid confrontation. At times, what Caroline needed most was a firm but loving guiding hand to ease her into the right direction. But after decades of leading her family as their strong-willed, decisive matriarch... It was a harsh reversal of roles that many found too challenging to undertake. Now, let's take this moment to point out a specific example of denial and enabling working together in the story of Caroline and Vincent. In episode four, Caroline opened up to Vincent about her fear that she was, quote, going crazy. That interaction ended with Caroline's outburst throwing her coffee cup at a June bug on the dining table. Vincent never acknowledged that he did not see any June bug. In that moment, he realized that his wife was seeing something that wasn't there. But he failed to acknowledge that and later failed to share that with the physician. When it was revealed later on at the doctor's office that Caroline had already been to the doctor about her memory concerns, Caroline grew enraged. You see, it wasn't just the denial around her disease. There's another underlying current that we've addressed a few times. Caroline was towing a very thin line. She was legitimately concerned for her mental state and realized her episodes had gotten to the point where she could no longer conceal them from her husband. She had to tell him. However, seeking medical treatment would likely lead Caroline down a path she wanted to avoid. Remember that little bottle of blue pills? Caroline's prescription for morphine had long since lapsed, but needing to satiate her addiction to pain medication, she had acquired prescriptions from multiple other physicians. Were Caroline to pursue medical treatment, it would only be a matter of time before her morphine addiction was uncovered. Caroline had already secretly decided against any medical intervention. But what Caroline failed to realize was that her addictive usage of pain medication and opioids was likely intensifying her cognitive lapses. Let's move on to the next three flaws in dementia care. Now, these are ones that will be revealed more in upcoming episodes. Blaming. Misconceptions around many diseases have taught us as a society to hold the patient responsible for their diagnosis. You have heart disease because you're overweight. You have lung cancer because you smoke. You have dementia because of something you did. Many members of the Aubrey family experienced various degrees of blame towards Caroline For her disease. Some people felt she deserved it because of past resentments they held against her. Some people felt she was responsible because she didn't take more responsibility for her medical care. And others blamed her because she was simply getting older. We will never know if Caroline's cognitive decline was directly impacted by her prolonged use of pain medication and prescription drug abuse. We will never know if she was predisposed to gradually lose her grasp on reality. But what we do know is that blaming her never helped her. Blaming her never lessened her suffering. Blaming her didn't prolong her life. It only prolonged her misery. Abusing. Unfortunately, Caroline was the victim of abuse in the final years of her life, most egregiously by a family member who was addicted to drugs. In recent episodes, we began to delve into the toxic relationship between Caroline and her granddaughter, Josette. Josette has increasingly devolved into a deep, drug addiction, one that she finances by exploiting her grandmother's generosity, protective nature, and increasingly, Caroline's forgetfulness. Caroline was, to our knowledge, never physically abused during this period of time. However, her safety was directly compromised and her financial stability irrevocably damaged because of Josette's financial abuse. Because of this period of abuse, Caroline's quality of life was put at risk. When Josette corrupted her grandmother's goodwill by siphoning off her dwindling savings, she stole Caroline's future. She took money that could have been used for her long-term care and medical expenses. This corruption was directly responsible for some of the most difficult events Caroline would ever endure in her life. Abandonment. Dementia, in all of its forms, is a taxing experience for everyone involved. It drains you of your patience, your strength, and your endurance. Late night phone calls, hate-filled voice messages, outrageous conspiracy theories, and angry visits that leave you in tears. These are all symptoms of the disease, not the person. They are actions which the patient has little to no control of. That can be hard to accept, though, when it is someone you have known and loved all your life, and they are telling you, horrible things, or accusing you of atrocious acts? How can you respond? How do you act out of love when you feel that you are being attacked? Sometimes the best thing you can do for your own mental health is to step away. Too often though, people step away out of spite or resentment. Overwhelmed by Caroline's declining mental state and ill-equipped to cope with the demands of her disease, they fall out of the picture when Caroline needed them most. This is a challenge that will be increasingly addressed in forthcoming episodes as Caroline's mental state continues to deteriorate. Those around her face the difficult decision of whether or not they are capable of witnessing it unfold. So, to go back, the five fatal flaws of dementia care in Caroline's case were denial, enabling, blaming, abusing, and abandoning. There is only one of these five fatal flaws that is absolutely inexcusable, and that is, of course, abuse. As for the other four, though... They are mistakes often committed out of ignorance, fear, or desperation. I know firsthand how easily you can make one of these mistakes without doing so intentionally. Watching your loved one slowly fade away into confusion, anger, and irrationality can cause All of us to make poor decisions. But that's why we are here. That's why you are listening to the Junebug. Because you want to learn from these stories we share together. The Junebug is committed to educating and preparing people to provide more comprehensive and compassionate end-of-life care. I chronicle stories like Caroline's so that we may all learn from her experience and the experience of her family. Stay tuned as we dive further into Caroline's spiraling symptoms of dementia and as we enter the final years of her life. New episodes are available every Wednesday. Trailers and bonus episodes drop on Sundays. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The June Bug. The June Bug is produced by Breedlove Creative Enterprises. Original music composed by Beau Ellis Breedlove.